Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Britt. Thanks for joining me bright and early on our podcast today. It's so rare that we're recording in the morning, but I feel like we've done a few episodes in the morning lately. Um, so it's prime time for you. Uh, so you give me that energy and I am ready to go. I am up and Adam, I'm ready to thrive. So I'm here to provide you with enough energy through this computer <laughs> to feel good for your day. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. You know, we had to get up and start this one early. We're extending our days right now because we're knee deep in conference season, which is so much fun, but we definitely get a little bit behind on our work. And I love this time of year. You know, we're getting closer to the holidays, but this is heavy conference season in the franchise industry. And so we've spent a lot of time with our colleagues and have spent quite a bit of time learning about brands, which has been a lot of fun. That's one of the things I love the most about attending conferences. We talk extensively about seeing people in the industry and how close everybody is and how it's so great to see our Fran family, if you will. But we really get an opportunity to vet additional brands that come across our radar and we have a pretty specific list as we're heading into this particular conference in Fort Lauderdale next week, really looking at emerging brands, brands that are coming on the scene, getting excited to meet founders, meet development people, and see what's out there for our clients. We are always looking at how do we continue to diversify our portfolio of franchise opportunities that we're working with, not only industries wise, but you know, we're looking for kind of that niche business that you may not think of. I presented a line painting concept the other day and the client's response was, I would have never in a million years anticipated you were going to tell me something like that. So it's fun to look for those unique businesses that oftentimes, like you said, are emerging. We tend to be drawn to emerging concepts because they have so many pieces of upside, um, but a lot of what we're looking at right now is definitely in that emerging category. And that requires us to do a little bit more legwork on the front side for clients to dig in just a little bit more and, and make sure that those brands are ready, make sure that they're really truly ready for that national stage. Because when people think of franchising, they're typically thinking of food and fitness. So clients think of, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, Orange Theory. And when they start the di discovery process with us, why do you think that is? What draws them to that type of brand, Britt? Well, I, I think a lot of it is brand recognition, right? You can't drive down the road in about a five-mile stretch. I think I pass, you know, three McDonald's, a Culver's, a Chick-fil-A, a Taco Bell, a Zaxby's. <laughs> I mean, you can't go from my house to get to the highway without passing 15, 20 different fast food concepts. So I think that's a piece of it is just that recognition and it was one of the early stories in franchising with McDonald's. So 
I think name recognition and I think people just naturally think food when they think franchising. I think another reason that people are so dialed in, you go to a Chick-fil-A and you see just the the car line wrapped around the building yes. a couple of times out into the street. And I think that's exciting to people. People like the idea of having that built-in loyal following, that customer base, feeling like they may not have to market their businesses heavily because of the the branding and the name recognition. So I think that dialed in customer base, that name recognition. And then some people like history. They like that there are hundreds or thousands of locations that are proven out, that there's extensive proof of concept, countless franchisees in a system that you could call. So I think all of that makes people attracted, at least they think so on the front end, into more of those established brands specifically in the food space. So, you know, Sam, once people work with us, they typically make kind of a pivot. They come in wanting Chick-fil-A or McDonald's. I can't tell you how many calls a day I hear those two names. But as people continue down that franchise exploration process, what do you think drives them in the opposite direction, drives them away from those big names, especially in things like food? I think it starts with examining people as a whole. We're drawn to what we know. We're drawn to success. We're drawn to things that we know are going to work. And that's the draw of a W-2 job, right? You, You get into corporate America, you work your way up the ladder. And when people come to franchising, they are thinking about the things they already know. And what our job is to examine not what they know, but what they want and what they need. And right away, the first thing that comes up is availability. If I have a client in Dallas, we are not going to be able to open a new Orange Theory. That is not happening. By the time something is the next Chick-fil-A and our clients have seen them on the side of the road, their market is completely sold out. And if they can get something, the cost and the multiple on opening that business is typically astronomical. So the availability in a market is something to analyze. Most of our clients prefer to be semi-passive. That can be a massive challenge if you're doing it from across the country. So they typically want something in our their own backyards. If they want something established, they're going to have to pay a premium. Mm-hmm. The other thing that they're not going to have that is also incredibly important to people that are building empires and trying to get that off-ramp from corporate America is the ability to scale. There's not going to be 12 units available in a market. They're not typically going to be able to own all of Madison, Wisconsin. They may get one location at a multiple Or if there's something left, a new unit to put up, whether it's brick and mortar or it is something service related, what we usually see is it's the less desirable market. It's somewhere where nobody else was. There's 24 (laughs) locations open in Dallas. Did you want to open this here where nobody else, the other 24 folks have not wanted to go into? (laughs) Do you want that one territory? We promise it should be moderately successful. So 
a lot of our clients, after having those conversations and examining what's important to them, will typically opt out of food or fitness in general when we start to get down to the brass tacks of what's important and also start to see the upside of an emerging brand. And Britt, if you can define, I realize we're using industry speak. If you could help me define what is an emerging brand for everybody and then what do they what do our clients typically see in those brands? Yeah, you know, and and I agree with you that um you know, resales, people think they want resales. I get that a lot. They like the idea yes. of existing cash flow. So I want to cover that piece first before I talk about emerging. I worked on resales. The first franchise development job that I had I worked for two sister brands. One was in the emerging category, which we can talk about. The other was an older legacy brand. And we tell our clients, you have to have an exit strategy before you even get started. And if you don't have a legacy plan, if you don't have kids or kids that want to be involved in the business, you are oftentimes looking at outsiders, whether it be a neighboring franchisee, whether you work with a business broker, but resales are a big part of the industry. But so many times we find our clients, you're either paying for a business that's underperforming and having to do a turnaround, or you are paying a large multiple for a business and not everybody wants to overpay or in their opinion, overpay no. for a business when they believe that they could do something from scratch themselves. And I think with COVID, there is an interesting phenomenon going on right now where we have these business owners that, for better or for worse, businesses were affected in COVID. Some were pumped up beyond belief and they did amazing numbers due to COVID. Some had to shutter their doors for up to a year. And business owners that are owning these businesses want to either lean in on one side or the other. We're almost back. We're going to look at those 2019 numbers. That's what we're evaluating our <laughs> business on. We don't want to talk about these last few years. So we're giving our multiple off of 2019 because that's where we're headed back to. Well, buying habits have changed. Shopping habits, people's behaviors have changed due to COVID. So we don't know what that's going to look like. Alternatively, there are businesses that were insanely bolstered during the pandemic. And you have those owners of businesses saying, well, this is going to be every year. Clearly, this is exactly what's going to happen. And this had nothing to do with the pandemic. It had to do with our amazing product and business and customer service. And so for us, when we're representing the buyer, we're dealing with the seller sometimes that can be unrealistic and the multiple can be a bit wild. Mm -hmm. And I think that does take us back to the emerging brand and opening that new franchise and why the upside is so much higher for our clients. Definitely. And, you know, I have to say all of this, of course, is just our opinion, our experience, right? And so examples yes. that we give, certainly there's going to be outliers and there are going to be consultants that believe so strongly in resales and that's primarily what they focus on or they focus on legacy brands. I think you and I have just worked in all different segments, fitness, food, beauty, home services, B2B services, emerging, established brick and mortar, non-brick and mortar that we've really figured out some of our niche that typically re relates well to our customers, our clients, I should say, you know, and uh, talking about emerging. So what is emerging? It, it, there are all different articles, all different statistics out there about what is an emerging brand. 
I've heard anything from if you have less than 50 units open, less than 100 units sold, and units are territories, or less than 100 franchisees, or you've been in business less than five years. So I've seen all different numbers. They're either tying it to a franchisor having a certain number of locations sold or a certain number of locations open, or sometimes even being royalty sufficient, meaning they have enough royalties coming in to pay their monthly overhead as a franchisor. So I've heard it defined in so many different ways. Um, but emerging at the end of the day, of course, is going to be opposite of the McDonald's, the Orange Theories, the Chick-fil-A's of the world. And one of the things that I really love about an emerging brand is the ability to scale. I think when you are in a pioneering system, you get to scale a business. I'm working with someone right now. They're in Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte is a hot market in the Southeast. Yes. <laughs> you see Charlotte and you're like, okay, we know you need a lot of businesses. What is actually still available <laughs> there? And the influx of the population coming in is also crazy. I think they're third on the list of fastest growing cities in the U.S. Wow, that's incredible. But I, I'm not surprised. I love Charlotte. It's a great city. And I'm working with somebody right now that wants quite a bit of territory. And I can't believe that I have found them a business that checks their boxes in qualities they're looking for that's wide open in the market. And so that's a huge pro about being a pioneer in an emerging system is you get great territory availability. I also think another thing that's a pro in being in an emerging system, being a pioneer, you get, I would say, kind of direct access to the franchisor at a different level than an established brand would. You know, we work with a concept, a restoration concept, and the founder of that concept literally himself, he's going out to train his early adopters. He's flying out to their market, spending two weeks in a market with them. You wouldn't get that at a McDonald's. No. Something very special. And, you know, I think beyond that, you get to have an impact. Our profile of our client, they are so successful already in their own right. They've built incredible careers in corporate America. They've built other businesses. They are smart, talented people. And so many times they want to have an impact. They want to be able to add value to a system, to come forward with great ideas. When I was at JamPro, one of the core differentiators in the JamPro system from a cleaning standpoint is this machine. It's called EnviroShield and it completely disinfects a room in a few seconds. And that product and machinery was brought forward by a franchisee. So being able to have an impact in a system, I think, is another huge advantage of being a pioneer. And not waiting to have an impact. I think that's, you know, with corporate America, there's red tape and you have to wait and it's a bureaucracy and you have an idea and it takes so long. And then there's so many budgets to think through. And a lot of our clients simply want to be heard. And with an emerging brand, you do have the ability to be heard and also recognized and moved forward in a process like EnviroShield. 
that is a quick turnaround. You can get something out to a system versus running it up the chain, figuring it out, running it past the board. It is a lot quicker and that can really make you feel successful. Yep. Feel successful, feel heard. So we're big fans of an emerging system, uh, but of course it's not for everybody. We are pro list and our mind is huge, but with every pro list, there's going to be some drawbacks. So talk about that a little bit. If someone is considering, do I go emerging? Do I not? What are some drawbacks if they do go with emerging? There are plenty of drawbacks with emerging brands and I never want to sugarcoat that because I think it's really important that for us as consultants and for our clients, we come into everything eyes wide open. And that's something that we preach. You know, I just told a client yesterday, there are going to be days where you wake up and you look in the mirror and you're going to say, man, I had a pretty great life with a W-2 and just a W-2. What was I thinking complicating this? And that's the reality. In an emerging brand, you are going to lack a few things. In the discovery process, there's not going to be this massive abundance of data. You're not going to look as a client through pages and pages of a franchise disclosure document with financials from 90 different people. There won't be 20 people already in your state to compare and contrast with. So you definitely have that to look at. The other thing that a person entering into an emerging brand really needs to consider is that they're going to have to be a self-starter. Sometimes the brand may not have it all figured out in your personal market. California is different than Massachusetts, is different than Texas. There's going to be some boots on the ground activity in any franchise, but definitely more with an emerging brand. And systems are going to shift. Like any company, as a brand grows, as they add franchisees, we talked about that as a major positive. You're adding things, you're the capability to really have your hands in things. That also means for franchisees that systems may change. They are going to be adjusting. You may have one marketing company one year, you may shift to a next the next year. Strategy may change because the things that got that company where they are aren't going to take them to where they want to go. And part of that is going to be the franchisees need to roll with the punches. And that is simply not for everybody. The other thing that I think about too, Britt, is as you drive down a street, your brand may not be recognizable. It may not be synonymous with a franchise. And in some industries, that really doesn't matter. If your company is, if you have the most Google reviews, whether you're a franchise or not, people are going to take a look at you. But some brands, it is important to people that consumers know their names. And with an emerging brand, at least right away, there is not that same brand recognition. People don't know who you are. And by the time you become a crumble cookie, there's nothing available in any market. So it's that trade-off, the back and forth. And I think sometimes we're seeing that there's a balance on some of that. So we have some incredible brands that we're working with that they would be in the merging category in terms of number of units sold, number of units open, brand recognition, um, you know, any of the stuff we talked about, what defines emerging. But 
they are established in their track record as a franchisor and their systems and their support. So a couple of examples, we have a laundromat concept that we're really excited about. And the team behind this one is incredible. They've raised millions of dollars on the front end. So they are extremely well capitalized. They've put together a very impressive board, CEO of Spanx, some of the founders of some of the most well-known franchise systems out there. So I think that's an example of how you be an emerging brand, but still have those established qualities that people look for. We also have a brand house that we work with, a home services brand house. They have successfully built and exited through private equity to home services concepts. They have proven that they know how to build home services concepts well and support franchisees. So their brands, again, would be in that emerging category, but the capital, the marketing, the technology, the training, all of that does not feel emerging at all. So we have some incredible brands that certainly would fall into that emerging category, but they've either already been franchisees or franchisors. They are extremely well capitalized. They've built boards of really smart, successful franchisors around them. And so I think that can oftentimes be a good balance. You get the great territory availability. You get to be the early adopter. You get to have a direct line of the founders, have an impact on the system. But the franchisor has a proven track record of success in one way, shape, or form in franchising. It's the best of both worlds, really. It allows people to have the comfort level of an experienced franchisor with all of the upside of an emerging brand. And a lot of our clients we find are fits for emerging brands. Some of them aren't, but when you're working with a client, Britt, what type of person do you find is a real fit for those emerging brands? Who's going to be more successful there? You know, I think you you can't be overly, overly analytical. Of course, the numbers have to make sense, but I think some of it has to be gut and faith and belief in yourself and being able to take that leap. So I think somebody that's a good fit for an emerging brand is okay with doing due diligence. We want people to make really smart decisions, be very well educated, methodical, trust, and go through the process. But you have to have a little bit of that grit and gut to take a leap. I think that people that know how to confidently lead a team can be well-suited for an emerging brand because I think if you've got leadership leadership skill sets in corporate America, those can translate into your own business. So I think having that leadership experience can well prepare you to be an emerging brand. You won't be afraid to hire and lead a team and figure it out a little bit. So I think more than anything, it's a personality thing. Just being able to be gritty and be hungry and just trust your gut and take a little bit of that leap. I think that at the end of the day can help people in that emerging category. We definitely see that. And there's a common trend amongst our clients who are purchasing emerging brands. And certainly our clients that shy away from emerging brands 
have some things in common as well. And there's nothing wrong with not wanting a brand that is a few units strong in a few different markets. But what we're finding is there are folks that just don't want to work with emerging brands. Those people tend to be more risk adverse. They tend to fall in the analytical side. They really want to live in the data. And when there's not pages and pages of data to live in, it can be very hard for people that are analytical to make a decision that they feel comfortable with on an emerging brand. And you mentioned sales and marketing skills, leadership skills, things that we're looking for in those emerging brands. People that don't have those clients of ours that really question whether that is something they would be capable of doing, networking, getting the brand name out there because it may not exist in their market, they tend to also shy away from that emerging category. And I I do want to say there is nothing wrong with that. We have plenty of businesses that fall in the established category or that are at 100 units and there's going to be quite a bit of data, but still open territory for people that don't necessarily want the McDonald's, but they don't want something with four units open, you know, in only two states. So I always tell clients, if you're not going to be able to get over this, if we're not going to be able to get over the fact that there are three franchisees in the franchise disclosure document, there are no, there are not going to be more numbers that that development person can show you. You can anecdotally hear from people in the system. And if that solidifies what you're already thinking, fantastic. But if you can't get past that, we have to work with a brand that just has more information. And that's okay too. It is. It's it's totally fine. And and there is, you know, certainly all different ways to look at franchising and different strategies that you can tackle. And what do you want to own as a franchisee? And it is not for everyone. And that's a lot of what we do, right? We are working with our clients to help them figure out should they go after something emerging or established or something in between? That's a big piece of what we do. And one of the ways that we're doing that is through our assessments. We have paperwork we have our clients fill out. We have multiple calls that we walk them through. We have an assessment of questions that we ask them because we are really trying to build an avatar of what is the profile of the franchisor that's a right fit. I think someone's knee-jerk reaction is to automatically dive into something that they're familiar with, you know, being attracted to food or a Chick-fil-A or a crumble. Um, But we are trying to figure out, is that actually what you want? Are you okay with not being in your backyard? Are you okay with being one of 2,000 people and not really having an impact you know, we're trying to get to the root of what do they want? Do you want a small team? Do you want a big team? Do you want brick and mortar? Do you want home-based? All of that helps us put together a profile, not only of emerging versus established, but just a general profile of, of what somebody's looking for. And that piece of our process is very important to us. So we've talked a whole heck of a lot today about emerging, established, what the differences are, um, you know, let's give some examples. I think 
people sometimes can see themselves in a certain business because they can see themselves in others. They can relate to others. So tell us a little bit about people that we have placed this year, particularly in the emerging category. What was their background like? I've had some really cool ones. I have a chief of staff um, for a congresswoman from Texas, and she has just been one of my favorite clients and so, so fulfilling to work with. And she and her husband, an engineer, bought a parking lot line painting company. You know, she's in politics. She can't have anything controversial. There, there can't be anything that could come up later. And it really appealed to them because it was the simplicity and the B2B aspect. Um, I've had a gentleman that is a C-suite executive for oil and gas get into a restoration brand and a very emerging restoration brand. I believe he is our fifth franchisee, but he fell in love with the idea of an insurance-based business. Alternatively, um, I have an attorney that really makes me laugh because he thought that he wanted to be away from attorneys. He said, I'm so sick of attorneys. I can't think of a worse group of people to work with. And so he actually bought previously a fast food restaurant. And he said, if you think attorneys are bad, you should try 40 high school students. <laughs> because, And he totally flipped on his head what he wanted. I I think our clients are so diverse. and they're buying such diverse businesses from us. And really that journey that we walked down during the assessment process to help people find out that 100 attorneys actually may be better than 40 high school students, let's really think this through, is what develops these really cool stories at the end of where they end up and the businesses that they build and, and really helps them achieve the dream of that asset that they have, the equity in a business at the end of the day. And again, that all ties back to why we are so passionate about what we do and you know why we tell people it doesn't cost you anything to work with us, right? You don't pay us anything. It doesn't change the price of the business. Why wouldn't you want to work with a consultant to help you figure out what exactly you want? And you know, what is that ideal profile? Is it emerging? Is it established or something in between? And it certainly is something that we enjoy doing and and having those conversations with our clients. I agree 150%. If you want to have those conversations with us, we would be more than happy to entertain them. You can book time with us via our website or just learn more. Reach out via our DMs. We're really excited to talk to anybody. Um, and you know, share all about the brands that we represent and what we do, certainly. Absolutely. Well, have a wonderful day, Sam. See you in Florida, Britt. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com to take your free business assessment. Mm -hmm.